Hello, and welcome to the Gifted Life Podcast, where we have conversations about organ, tissue, and eye donation. I'm Lori Steele. I'm Joey Boudreau. I'm Sally Gentry. And friends, thank you so much. We enjoy getting together, right? We do. Most of the time. That's right. And what we want to do is spur healthy conversations about organ, tissue, and eye donation, and you help us do that. We invite guests on here to share their stories. Today, we are talking to a classical recording artist. And don't ask her, but I helped train her. Really? Did you? Oh, my. Yeah. It it sounds just... I've heard her before, and it was amazing. And actually, it sounded exactly like that, Laura. Oh, my. Your ears must have been plugged (laughs) for that. She's much, much better, but why? Well, she is a recipient. There you go. That's the why. Yep. And, And not only... A recipient. She's a two-time double lung recipient. Think about it, being a singer. Right. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah. How difficult must that be? And she's back at it. She's on stage. She's beautiful. She's humble. She talks about donation. She talks about her donor family. And she sings better than me all the time. <laughs> and so yes, she does. So anyway, we have some of that to share with you today, but an inspiring story. Uh, you want to start your day off and say, ah, how can I make this day better? You can do that by sharing this podcast and that story. We try to make it easy. Absolutely. You know where to find us. You can subscribe, find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or whatever your favorite podcast app might be. Yeah, social media, Donate Life Louisiana. That's our Facebook page, Twitter, and Instagram, at Donate Life LA. And you can call us. What's that number, Sal? What? Well, it's 504. No, 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 no. Sing it. 504. Or don't sing it. 648. <laughs> Try it again. Try it. We're just going to go straight. We're just... We're going to leave the singing to the professionals. And uh, we're, yeah, so 504, I got that part. 648-3477. Give us a call. <laughs> 504-648-3477. Hey, you can sing your message. We'd still listen to it, right? Oh, Lots to get oh to. I see. I can't sing, but anyone who calls in. And if you call in, we want you to sing to us. Yeah. That would be really? nice. Yes. That might bump you up to be actually on the Gifted Life yep. podcast. Yes, indeed. Yeah. We, we have a short list of people that will allow that to, to happen. <laughs> but the Gifted Life, guys, more to come. The Gifted Life bringing in some star power. Joe, I'm, uh, you know, not putting you down, but your vocals, not as hot as this lady's. Hey, vocals I here. can acapella with the best of them. <laughs> I think you're just spurring around song titles and things. All right, so Charity Tillman Dick joins us now. How are you, ma'am? Hi, I'm, I'm doing wonderfully. How are you all? We are great. so great. And so we are going to tell everybody just a little bit about you. So you're a soprano, a composer, a presenter, a uh, classical recording artist. 
which is incredible. We've seen you sing. You have mesmerized us, but it's your story that really draws us in and how humble you are and, and just so wonderful. And the reason that you're here on The Gifted Life is because you are alive today because someone said yes to donation, not once, but twice. That's right. right. Yeah. That's right. And it's, you know, the thing about organ donation is that so many people are involved in, in that decision coming to pass. There's the individual who chooses to be the donor, and then there's the family, there are the medical professionals and the social workers and the, the people who, who facilitate the donation from the Donate Life affiliates all over the country. Um, it, it's, it, it is this, this family of, of love and, and connection over, over life, not blood or genetics or anything like that, um, that, that, that creates this opportunity for life again. It's just such a gift to be a part of that. So walk us through your story. So you're a two-time double lung transplant recipient. Um, yeah. So when I was 20, I was diagnosed with a condition called idiopathic pulmonary arterial hypertension, or PH. It's caused when there's a, a thickening in the blood vessels of the lung, and um, and I, my my lungs didn't absorb oxygen properly, so my heart was three and a half times too big. I was like the reverse Grinch, <laughs> oh. and I was diagnosed with a stage four case. There, there was a doctor who really wanted me to stop singing. She thought it was a bad idea, but there were more doctors who thought it was fine for me to sing, um, and that living at altitude and some other things were more problematic. So I moved to Baltimore to, to be in a medical trial, and I enrolled in conservatory there. I'd been going to school overseas at the time. And my condition stabilized, and I got some fellowships, and I traveled around the world, and I started to be cast in all these roles. I'd always dreamed of singing, and it was, it was a lovely interval in my life. And then, you know, physical and emotional health are very, very intertwined. Mm-hmm. And in 2009, I, um, I needed a lung transplant after my father and grandfather died two months apart. And, um, and I was very fortunate to receive a match. Um, it was a long process of recovery, but once I did, I started singing again and performing. And then I got an infection, and it turned to chronic rejection. And in 2012, I needed another lung transplant, which I was immensely fortunate to receive. Um, and, and things were easy for a while, and in the last few years, I've had a few other challenges. But, but it, it, has been, it has been an adventure, to be sure. I have to say, I was able to watch you, and it was amazing. Unfortunately, when, when you started singing, uh, when I saw you in Boston, I was outside getting a phone call, and I walked in to the most beautiful voice I've ever heard. And I, before I started, I wanted to let you know that it was amazing. You have the most beautiful voice. Thank you so much. From Thank the, you so much. And from the medical side, I can imagine it, it must have been a challenge with the physicians, and you mentioned, you made mention of uh, one, of the, one of the physicians said, don't sing anymore. But then another yeah. one said, go ahead and sing. That had to be a difficult decision to make because what you do and from, you know, on the scale that you do it, I can imagine must be terrifying to the physicians. Could you potentially hurt, you know, make more harm than good? Right. So walk me through the decision-making process right there where you decided, okay, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and start singing again. Right. Well, you know, I, I think 
I think it's really important, and, and I hope I hope that it's not what I've done, but I think it's really important not to demonize doctors because the doctor who, who told me I shouldn't sing had every good intention in, in the world. She was only worried about my well-being and my health, and she had seen so many young people die from this very rare disease that I had. She just didn't want to see someone else die because they had pushed themselves too hard. I, I did a lot of research on my own to see if there was any medical literature about singing and um, pulmonary hypertension, and there, there wasn't. And then I talked to a number of other doctors, some just by email and, um, and others, others in person uh, about this concern, and none of them felt like the concern itself was legitimate. You know, they all were concerned about my life not containing too much stress. And that, that was something that was a legitimate concern. But, you know, we all need something to live for. And I think in the process of disease, we can forget that. And those who are caring for us can forget that. And as long as what we're doing isn't actively endangering our lives, you know, that's what it's all about. It's about finding joy and being happy and I think that even if even if you have medical challenges you shouldn't be denied that that ability to to find joy well charity you mentioned uh, a little bit earlier about physical and mental health and interentwined and so I, I'm wondering about have you had the opportunity to meet both your donor families yes not both of them. Not both of them. Only oh, okay. one of them. Just one of the them. The first okay. donor family I I never met. Um, I sent them a couple of letters. I tried to uh, I, I I tried to to send letters every six months or year, uh-huh. just so if they wanted them, they could know what was happening in my life. Yeah. Um, but the second donor family I was able to connect with, oh, and it's complicated, you know, life is complicated, death is complicated, and my donor's family situation was also complicated. Um, but it's been this really beautiful process of kind of coming together and a, and a sort of reconciliation of families that have been divided over what would have otherwise just been a tragic and sad uh-huh. thing. And um, and so I, I feel like organ donation and transplantation has the opportunity to to bring so many so many stories together That's right. that otherwise would be isolated from one another. Well, and, you know, we find, too, or, or we have talked with recipients and, and of course, donor families uh, both, and many times recipients will say, you know, I'm so glad I reached out to the family because, you know what, I think I'm healing even faster and, and I'm yes. feeling much better about everything that's happened. Yes. Is, is that kind of how it came out for you, too? You know, for me, I think it was an emotional healing. Transplant is this overwhelming experience of sort of every emotion that exists because this opportunity for life is brought to pass by mm-hmm. by great sorrow on, yeah, on the part right. of another family um, and, and loss. So meeting the family and, and connecting with them, I, I feel like it, it connected me to my 
donor in an even more emotionally active way. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I sing with the lungs of an immigrant, and with each breath, I'm I'm reminded of her life. And because I was able to meet the family, I now know what that life looked like and what that meant, and um, and I know the people she loved and. And I'm able to, to, in a way, love them too, and and to be a part of of their future. And I hope that that they feel like, in a small way, Flora, who's my donor, that, that she's still a part of their life too. How wonderful for you and for your donor's family. Well, it 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 has been such a gift to me, and I hope I hope it's brought a little a little peace to them. Uh-huh. Um, but I know having them as a part of my life is is just incredible. I was able to sing with one of my donor's daughters just a couple of weeks ago oh, um, for the great. first time in public. And um, my goodness, being there together was was one of the highlights of, of my life. And it's it's been a, a life with a lot of highs and a lot of lows, but, um, but it, it was one of those peak moments. That's great. So you get a transplant, you know, and this is, you know, 09, and you're starting to feel better at this point. What a roller coaster that you must have gone through to ah. then get sick again and and need another transplant. So what was the trigger or what happened? Uh, was there rejection or what happened there? Yeah. Can, can we talk about rejection for just a second? Is that yes. okay? Yeah. We have to rename it because it <laughs> is like it is one of the most devastating things you know as as people i think we're all seeking love and we're all seeking acceptance um not not only of our bodies but from our communities and our work and in our relationships and everything we do and this idea that your own body is rejecting you you know that 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 you are that you are rejecting what is keeping you alive yeah. is just completely devastating and for me it was a very very aggressive rejection um that that happened and so i i got an infection and i had a sense that something was wrong and my advice to your patients is if you have a sense that something is wrong even if your nurse tells you oh it's fine you know you did this you did the you got your sputum test and it came out all right. You're okay. Do not rest until you figure out what is actually wrong, and do not <laughs> do not let your your nurse keep you from going to the doctor um, until you figure out what's what's happening. Because that happened to me, and I think that one of the challenges in transplant is you feel like a hypochondriac all the time yeah. <laughs> because whenever something goes wrong, whenever your spirometry goes down, um, you, you, you want to find out why. And you're wondering if you're, if you're being paranoid or if it's a real issue. And, um, and what I learned with my second transplant is it is almost always a real issue and being too vigilant is, what you need to be all the time and it's okay like transplantees are the only people who i think legitimately can be uh hypochondriac because (laughs) anything that goes wrong could be the thing that that tips you over the edge toward rejection and so yeah we have volunteers here and they say listen to your body everybody listen that's what they preach out there Uh, but i'm i'm curious so you had two 
double lung transplants. So yeah. you didn't just wake up and are able to perform. Did you have to relearn how to sing, or what was that process like? Oh, my gosh. So after my first transplant, it was a really hard surgery, and I, I was in a coma for 34 days, during which time oh all of my muscles atrophied. I, when I woke up, I oh could blink. I couldn't, I couldn't even nod when I woke up. My, my neck muscles weren't strong enough, um, and, and my, my diaphragm had atrophied. So it was two months before I could breathe on my own, and then walking and talking and eating and doing everything else came after that. And, um, and it was over 100 days in the hospital when I finally got home. Um, I think it was about three weeks before I tried to sing. And when I did, I had this wisp of a voice. It, it was totally different from the big, fat, coloratura voice that I had been training for the past half decade. And, um, and I started working every day. But it's, you know, we talk about a match. And the first time, I'm so grateful for the match I received because I wouldn't have lived without it, but it wasn't a perfect match. You know, I could feel it when I would take a breath. I never felt like I got a full breath with my first match. My second match, which um, was a very different experience because I waited for, for what seemed like forever, and... Um, and then when I got the transplant, it was a very quick recovery. I was awake in two days. I was off the respirator in a week, and um, and it, it was a it was a very different path. But um, but now when I sing, it feels much more natural. It 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 feels it feels like me and my lungs, it feels like we belong together, like we really are a match. And the vocal training, I think it was probably a year before I felt like my voice was totally my own. But now I think my voice is better than it's ever been. Yeah, well, you got some um, fans here and, in this room. We are yep. wowed away by you and your voice. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. So, Charity, your memoir is called The Encore. And then you've teamed with Donate Life America for the My Encore Challenge. And I'm thinking when you chose that word encore, it was for a reason. Yeah, I'm so happy that you asked me that because there was a lot of of thought that went into the name for the book because it had to encompass so much. And at its its core, my story is, is one of, redemption and end of second chances not not just in music but in life and in love and in in everything that makes up <clears throat> my life and um the first working title was encore encore and then my little sister came she said no it's the encore and and i realized that's what that's what we all we all are are seeking and and what what so many of us have had even if it's not having to do with organ donation um and and so i i had this idea 
as I was writing the book, because I'd heard so many incredible stories from different people. And I had this opportunity to write a book, but I knew that a lot of the people with these incredible stories wouldn't have that same opportunity. And I really, I'm, I'm a sucker for a good story. And I, I wanted to hear those stories, and I wanted them to be shared. And so I, I talked to, to my friends at Donate Life America, and I said, can we do this? Because the truth about organ donation is everyone can and and should be involved. And you don't need to have an organ donation story to be an organ donor, you know, we, we all can sign up to be organ donors. And um, and so we decided to launch the My Encore Challenge. And it's not, it's not complicated. You register as an organ donor at donatelife.net slash myencore. And then you come back to social media <clears throat> and across your platforms, you post a story of your own second chance, your own encore, and it can be in music or in love, in in another kind of relationship, in work or school or transplant or health, and um, and you tell your your story of a second chance, and then you challenge five friends to join you and to do the same thing, and the stories we are hearing are not only life-affirming, but life-changing. Life they are so beautiful, and they, they have given me so much hope in, in this journey. You know, I've been in, I think, oh, 15 cities in the last five weeks, which has been a lot. It's been a lot. And sometimes I get to a new city, and I'm like, oh, heaven help me. I'm just so <laughs> tired. And I go onto my social media feed, and I, and I press, the the hashtag and I read some of these stories that people have shared and I just end up in a pool of grateful tears um, because of the goodness that that surrounds us and and sometimes it can be so easy to to forget that but I think it's one of the happiest corners of of social media and the internet today so it's it's a wonderful thing I hope people join us in it well we joined that here in Louisiana. And uh, Donate Life Louisiana is our, our Facebook page for those of you listening. But we have a heart recipient named Mr. Charles, and he sings in his church choir. He sings at some of our events, especially when the Donate flag is being raised. And so we said, hey, we have something new here. And it was like you guys were kindred spirits, right? You both love music, love song, and you want to use it to inspire yeah. others. So he was all in it to win it. And he was challenging everybody, and it worked just like you explained, just like you wanted it to. So that was a, a great idea. Oh, that's so wonderful. I'm so happy to hear that. I'm so happy to hear that. It's, um, you know, people are amazing. I think, and, and I know that sounds like a ridiculous throwaway thing to say, but more more than anything, Transplant has taught that to me, you know, with with my with my donor, you know, I breathed with the lungs of an immigrant, and her children were adopted by people who have a totally different political affiliation than myself, and like totally different beliefs and and a totally different religious structure than her other daughter and than me, and we we all seem so different, but I feel like all of us can unite around those things which are good, and organ donation is just such a wonderful, a wonderful opportunity for, for bringing humanity together, and I, I feel so, so blessed to be a part of it. I just love your positive, so uplifting attitude. You are a pleasure to, oh. to talk with. Oh, well, you guys are a delight. <laughs> it's, 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 
not like it's not like you like you guys are, are milk toast <laughs> well, so. well joey but the rest yeah. of the <laughs> uh so tell us what what you're doing now what's coming up uh, if people want to find uh, you um you know what what's what's on the agenda for miss charity well so i am really like that i the the donate life america my encore challenge is really exciting and uh, and i'm I'm very much into that, and I'm actually in San Diego right now talking to a huge conference about it, um, and so I just did that last night, and then I'll be in, I'll be in Colorado and Utah and Las Vegas and San Francisco and wow. Atlantic City in the next couple of weeks. An so, exciting uh, life. Yeah, and, um, <laughs> and so, so I'm, I'm moving around a lot. And then, um, then when I'm done, I have a new creative project. I'm I'm working on a on a musical, actually. Oh and, wow, um, Joey, you listening? Yep. Yeah. I, excuse me. She asked if I was listening because I'm the top talent around here in music. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, that's fabulous. You guys have so much musical talent down there. And, oh my gosh, Except it was crazy. It was like every street corner was yeah. this fantastic band or ensemble that I'd never heard of, but they, they sounded like they were ready for for their big moment. Yep. It was incredible. And to be but, honest, um, so Charity, yeah, I'm gonna, Joey... I'm going to be working on, on a little on a little musical thing when this is all okay. done. And he's so better I'm in a group setting, too. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's better do, in a group I, setting. He's I'm, not to I'm your level. with Journey <laughs> and those type of things. Oh, yeah? That's fabulous. Hit me up. You guys are, you guys are in one of the best music cities in the world. So we'll have to get you back down here. All right, yeah, so if you had to... I love that. If you had to sum up donation in one word, what do you think that would be? It's, it's tied. Can I give you two? We'll give yes. it to you. <laughs> so, so the first is connection. Um, and this universal connection that, that we all have to each other. And the second is love. Um, I, it's, it's this, this deep love that, that people have for those they've lost and for those they've never met. And, um, and it is, I, I am just overwhelmed by the love that I have been shown by, by people I have never met and may never meet. And, um, because they, they gave me everything. They gave me everything. And I am so deeply grateful for that. I'm so deeply grateful. Beautiful. And if people want to follow you and your story, where would you send them? Uh, if people want to follow me and my story, they should probably follow me on social media. I'm at Charity TV on Twitter and on Instagram. Or you can follow me on my Facebook page, which is my whole name, which is so long, Charity Sunshine Tilleman Dick, um, and I'd love to see you there. Um, and you can follow me both places because on, on Instagram I post more pictures and on Facebook I post more thoughts. So lots of fun. I am Very curious. Fair. Is Sunshine your middle name? Is Sunshine is my given. So Charity Sunshine is my <laughs> oh, given. Oh, that name. is Amazing. fantastic. I, uh-huh. I have 11 brothers and sisters, and oh, wow. all of them have names that are just as crazy. I have a little sister who's Liberty Bell. My baby <laughs> brother, who just had his birthday, is Zenith Wisdom. Oh, um, my, my older sister is Kimber Rainbow. It's, it's a whole melange. <laughs> oh, they started wow. getting really elegant at the end. Christina <laughs> Grace and Gloriana Willow, which I just think are the most beautiful names. Um, but then I, Zen got his name, the kids named Zen, and so that's why his is a little more out there. Well, you're 
parents were extremely creative. That's wonderful. Oh my gosh, you have to meet them. They are like my my father. Is, he's wonderful. He's passed, but my my mom is. She that woman is a force of nature. She <laughs> makes me look like a wallflower. Oh like, no. Oh, well, we have enjoyed you. We will continue to follow your career and all the great things that you're doing to save more lives. And and we just thank you. Well, I thank you. You are an inspiration to me and your community is an inspiration to me. So keep doing you. It's working real well. As we do in every episode of the Gifted Life podcast, we like to honor a hero, Today's hero is Jason William. And we learn about Jason from his family. My son was 30 years old when he was in a very bad car accident. We lived seven hours away, and we were called by the doctor at 1 a.m. and told that he was in very bad shape. We drove to Louisiana, and after getting there at 8.30 that same morning, we were told he was brain dead, and there was nothing they could do. Since he was unmarried and he had no children, it was our decision on what to do. Jason had marked on his license that he wanted to be a donor. He had also told us that that was something he wanted to do. His dad and I also plan on being donors. Jason was loved very much and will be missed forever. Now you can learn more about Jason on our Heroes page at lopa.org. Now let's pause to say thank you to Jason for the gift of life. In our question and answer segment today, I've heard that tissue donation can enhance up to 50 lives. What does that mean? That question coming in to info at lopa.org, Joe? Well, first, there are uh, quite a bit of transplants from, from of course, one donor. Uh, and, and most of those are bone transplants or, or you know, they're where they can make screws or do a whole lot of different paste and different things that can help enhance from surgery. But then at the same time, we talk about enhance. There are actually tissues that, that are life-saving. And, uh, and one of those being heart-for-heart valves, when we recover the heart-for-heart valves, heart valve replacements in some situations will save that person's life. And similarly, I watched a, a, a police officer uh, came give a talk at one of our conferences last year, and he had over 90% of his uh, body burned in an accident. He was responding to a call. And got in an accident and, and, uh, and was burned from it. And he said himself, that tissue transplant saved my life mm-hmm. because there was so, he had no protection from the environment. He had no protection from infections. And without the skin transplants, he would, he, there's no way he could have survived it. Right. So, so we do say enhance, you know, oftentimes, but in, in a lot of situations and a lot of, for a lot of patients, it is life-saving, just as organ is. Yeah, and we have some cornea transplant recipients, and they say, that saved my life because yeah. I am independent again, and I can do the things that I want right. to do and that I think I need to do. Great question. Thanks, Joe. Info at lopa.org if you have a question, or give us a call. Sal, you know that yes, number? Yes, I do know that number. It's 504-648-3477. We have reached the end of yet another Gifted Life podcast episode. I enjoyed Miss Charity. Oh, wow. I mean, yeah. that's all I can say. To be honest, her, her story, 
the first time I heard her. You guys, if you ever get a chance to see her, if she comes around, she said, I, go, I went to 15 cities in five weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. She'll be at a city near you soon. Check her out. She's amazing. Wow, and she's so grateful, and she's just so uplifting with, with her positive comments and just the way she would respond. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, how great. Just Singing wonderful. with her donor's family member. Yeah. Oh, it's so amazing. So Charity Tilleman Dick is what you're going to be looking for. And we talked about the My Encore Challenge. DonateLife.net slash My Encore. That's DonateLife.net slash My Encore. And you too can share your story, your inspiring story, which is what we're hoping you get from this. And then we want you to go out today and do something that you don't normally do to help us make life happen, like joining the My Encore Challenge. You can do it today. This is a production of the Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency, or LOPA. The Gifted Life is hosted by Lori Steele, Joey Boudreau, and Sally Gentry. Our producers are Kirsten Hines and Shalon Caraway. We are recorded, engineered, and mixed in our Metairie, Louisiana studio by Troy Perez. 